way to get along better with people in daily life. If you're annoyed with somebody and approaching in an aggressive manner, your aggressiveness is likely to sparkle of uh, his aggressiveness. Before you know what is happening, you're engaged in a heated argument which easily turns into a quarrel. It is part of our human nature to take sides. This is why self-understanding is necessary, uh, getting along with others. Self-knowledge enables us to recognize and understand and control what might otherwise be largely unconscious behavior. The most dangerous moments for misjudgment are when emotion is aroused in us. When we are angry or frightened or strongly attached to someone else, this is when we need to understand ourselves so that we can recognize exactly what it signifies. It is not easy to develop the right sides uh, of ideas about people. To me, Mr. A may appear to be a reassuring father figure whose judgment I respect. I like him. You may judge him to be domineering, autocratic, you dislike him. Somebody else may be nervous and ill, at ease and painfully, painfully self-conscious in his presence because he feels inadequate or inferior. What we think of other people depends on the kind of people we are. If I have grown up in a home where I continually subjected uh, to criticism, I'm likely to become nervous of people generally. I would see them differently from you, assuming that you had been brought up in a more easygoing, calm-as-you-please home. It would matter tremendously to me what they thought of me when I stood with them and I would be expecting them to disapprove of me and criticize what I tried to do. You, on the other hand, might tend to see people through rose-colored spectacles. You would accept, expect them to like you, fit in with you. Possibly, you would make the mistake of expecting too much. When you dislike people, do you ask yourself why? When you understand yourself and your reaction, you can slug it off and take it to your stride. The less you know of ourselves, the less we know of ourselves, the more uncertain we are and the more we strain to put on a brave show. Part of this consists of overdeveloping over a sense of one's personal importance and dignity. We then become scared of things wrong and especially scared of being held up to ridicule. Try to see people in their true perspective and in the right proportion. If they show amusement when we make a mistake or lose our dignity, they are equally amused when it happens to somebody else. If we want to be happy and get along more easily with them, we have to be honest with ourselves about ourselves. This implies admitting that we can make mistakes and look funny, that we are things we know nothing about. There are things we know nothing about, as well as things other people do much better. On the other hand, there are things we know and can do which give us our fair place among people. Try to accept your limitations cheerfully. It will be much easier sharing activity with people when you do not feel you have to worry about status, dignity, and importance. We tend to dislike people who disagree with us and like those who give us what we want. Mature people, having made their point, can agree to differ and go their 
own way they are not all that upset if other person decides to go the opposite way you will never get along well with people if you consistently look for the worst in them the nicest people will never measure up exactly to our requirements but before you get fast up about it look at yourself look hard into your into yourself and look honestly how often do you expect people to allow for the fact that you do not feel well or are too busy to bother or are fed up with coping without exception all of us have our faults moods and off days make it a habit to use your knowledge of yourself plus imagination try to put yourself in the other person's place and make allowances look for his better qualities and you will get along with him more easily like like blinking over the fact that a is peppery or b is forgetful or c is thinks himself such as a clever fellow see instead of a's unexpected kindness b's sympathy and c's readiness to have a go like in people try to stop yourself getting emotionally involved when this is as unnecessary as it is unwise that is to say we could allow a's irritability to make us irritable and b's tendency to forget as exasperators and sees boundless self-confidence to make us try to take him down a peg hold back and let it pass enjoys people's company taking them for a ride is good try to like people rather than dislike them when we like people we hate hurting and embarrassing them we want to be considerate and tact and kindness develop naturally naturally when we are interested in people and not just interested in me it is easier to deal with situations as they arise suppose for example you are asked to do something and you know it's more than you can manage to fit in if you are concerned solely with yourself your refusal can be abrupt and your firmness give people the impression that you think it is unimportant but you sweeten your refusal and soften your firmness when you say i would like to do it but honestly i haven't the time i would hate to let you down if you want to get along better with people you need to understand and like yourself then you will soon want happiness for others as much as for yourself and you will find the world friendly in better place how to help yourself overcome a nervous breakdown i just can't cope any longer you say that is about the size of it there is no mere physical illness that is why it is so difficult to deal with In the past, tensions and strains found a natural outlet in physical illness. Now, when it is so difficult to be ill physically, strain is expressed in nervous breakdown. That is why nervous breakdown constitutes the most common malady of this age. That is why 47% of hospital beds are occupied by patients with psychiatric 
problem troubles I, can't, I just can't cope you say and if you are asked to explain you mention symptoms that may fall into four main categories a you may be overcome by quite intolerable sense of tiredness you rub your eyes and wonder what has come over you not only are you listless and apathetic but life does not make sense anymore the things that gave you interest and excitement have no significance anymore you may have lost your appetite and the food tastes very bad your business expansion program has possibly become a rat race without meaning and even the ideals that were the mainstream of your energies have probably lost their significance you used to be energetic but now you're full of cold sweats and dizzy turns you have lost your confidence and your sure touch b you may be depressed yet your pay package is regular your pro- prospects are good but a pall of blackness lies over everything curious guilt feelings haunt you perhaps you feel you have wasted your chances or spoiled your life you may cry continually or you may say i never cry my tra- my tragedy goes too deep for tears you may be persecuted by obsessive guilt your depression expresses itself perhaps in insomnia you you get off to sleep without trouble perhaps with the help of a drug but by 3 or 4 you are wide awake and your mind has no peace see you may be suffering from panics not that your life is in actual danger but fears which haunt your spirit are morbid you may have a premonition of illness accident or sudden death you look at yourself in the mirror and ask am i going out of my mind you suspect you are a devil possessed you may be haunted by the thought that disaster is around the corner that someone is going to do that someone is going to do to you in or that if you cross your threshold into the bushy world something appalling will happen to you d you may be troubled with pseudo physical symptoms As Dr. Hans Selye and other experts have shown, emotional tension brings fibrositis, pains, and even arthritic symptoms. Internal rages can issue in dermatitis and deep fears show themselves in stomach upsets, palpitations, trembling, and sweats. Stress and heartbreak can express themselves often in rhinitis. rhinitis on sinusitis and tonsillitis what can you do about such symptoms whatever they may be you have probably seen your doctor about a tonic or a tranquilizer no doubt he suggested a few days off he gave you some sleeping tablets this may offer temporary help but they tend to make you feel unnatural they have side effects and you don't feel yourself i have no doubt that if you can afford to do so you will seek help 
in the psychotherapy. Analytic psychotherapy therapy is the most thorough remedy I know and the only one that gets down to the basic cause of the breakdown. It is almost rare to find a psychiatrist who is himself trained in psychoanalysis. Many people too are geographically quite unable to make contact with a psychotherapist. What can be done? The usual kind of pep talk gets nowhere. Drugs and electric shock treatment are the only stop caps. They do not offer a cure. Good news. A word of assurance first of all. If your symptoms are of the kind I have just mentioned, here is a good news for you. You are not going mad and there is nothing wrong with your brain. You are in no danger of sudden death and if you have a sincere desire to be well and free, then the right understanding in depth you may come in in the course of time to flourish again. Your trouble is not in a deficiency of your body or in the mechanism of your brain. The seat of your problem is war in your emotions. As this is sorted out, you can win through a better health. Understand the war in your emotions. There is a crisis in your mind that is critical for your destiny. One part of your mind is at present irreconcilable with another. Part of you wants to give up the fight and let chaos take over. This state of crisis and dilemma has been building up throughout life. Something went wrong in the early months and years of your life. You do not remember a thing about this, but the scars of those months are still with you. The problems created then are in the essentials, the very problems you are dealing with now. Sometimes the mother finds she cannot give love to her newborn infant. Some babies thus are neglected and deprived. Other babies are fussed over in such a way that they have no peace. An over-anxious and sensitive mother fears the baby will die unless she is lavishing her attention on him almost every moment of the day. The baby gets no peace. When deprived or impinged upon, the baby is left starved of the one kind of peaceful identity with the mother in which his ego can grow. There may be other factors. The father perhaps begrudges the attention. The baby received and roars like a bull, frightening the child. Parents may quarrel or fight. An older brother or sister jealous of the new infant may try to harm him when the mother is not looking. For one reason or another, the chaos in the household makes the baby give up in despair. But where can a baby fly to? Naturally, his longing reaches out for the comfortable home he knew before he was born. In his feelings, he resigns life and makes for the womb. So he cries himself to sleep in the kind of safe inside position in the imaginary coziness of pre-birth. Here he can withdraw from frustrations and hopes and heartbreak and pretend that he, is safe, that he is safe. But the baby's parents will not let him get away with it like this. They persist in chucking him under the chin. If he is lifeless and doesn't respond, he will go jig- jigging him up and down until finally he gives up 
to their demands. Perhaps his parents grow tired of his perpetual refusals, retreats, and weepings, and dub him crybaby. Many, maybe he refuses to respond until the parent loses his temper and shakes some sense into him. He stops crying but learns that there is a power that has supreme authority and he must conform. He cannot conform with his true self. Part of him, therefore, produces a kind of false self to mollify these people from whom he had retreated. So, in spite of his retreat and his true self refusal to grow up, those about him so impart him upon him that he has no escape. As time goes by, he is made to feel thoroughly ashamed of being crybaby. His false self-identities with the demands of his parents and pretends to be grown up. Yes, he takes himself to task. You are a big boy now. <laughs> Don't be stupid. Have some sense. Pick yourself up and get on with it. And so, his false self, without any real delight, grows into an adult person, fulfilling the emotions and obeying what is expected of him. But eventually, though now adult, there comes a time when he is false self reaches breaking point. This is as it were, where we came in. When the false self reaches breaking point and the true self insists on remaining in his self inside position, then there is chaos indeed. The chaos takes the form of nervous symptoms, hysterical obsession, panic, and panic. This is the deepest cause of war in your emotions, and it, it is only as you recognize what is happening behind the scenes that you can begin to put your house in order. Stop criticizing, build your ego. This is the solution. This is the secret of new hope and health. This is the all-important step that can lead to fulfilling life, to a fulfilling life in which you are spon- spontaneity can grow. But how can it be done? Here are two important things to do. First, stop criticizing yourself. You must see that when you castigate yourself, it is the condemning self, father and mother within you, that is lashing out destructive criticism and this does does no good at all. You are in fact lashing out at yourself. One woman, whenever she made any slight mistake, she would begin shouting at herself at the top of her voice. You stupid thing! Why don't you think you ought to have known better? Later, she recognized these were the very words her mother used against her in her daily nagging. The woman had identified herself with her mother's criticism. As long as we perpetuate this kind of self-despising, there is no help for us and no relief from our symptoms of breakdown. The solution, secondly, is to recognize without the shame that we have never grown up and that we come to feel loved, warmed, and cared for. The true self can gradually emerge in life again. It can then begin to delight in taking little little things, responsibilities which gradually become bigger ones. If this baby ego is to grow 
we must cease despising the state we are in and instead accept the true worth that is ours. We must learn to love and appreciate ourselves. We must know that life will reveal itself kind to us as we first of all are kind and forgiving to to ourselves. We must accept the fact that although tremendous strength is possible for us, we have a long way to go and we can only live one day at a time. There is this song that I remember uh, during my school days. One day at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking from you. Show me the way, keep me to stay, one day at a time. We must learn that the world is not hostile and condemning as we have have supposed, but that as we accept our essential goodness and worthy worthwhileness, the world becomes kinder and more humane. If you are in a position to pray with your sincerity, you will find that one of your greatest help is growing an ego is the in growing an ego is the deep assurance that comes from the wisdom behind the universe. It is good to know that someone understands, cares and loves. In God is your strength. Do not ex- expect any sudden or dramatic release. You will lose your apathy gradually as your little regressed self finds meaning and hope in life once more. Your depressions will lift as the terrible conflict between your true self and condemning self in a naturalized, is naturalized by getting rid of the parent inside you. Your panics and persecutions will tend to disappear as you are able to warm toward yourself and encourage instead of castigate. As your true self relaxes day by day into the feeling of being loved and lovable, your aches and pains will disappear. Try that and you will never regret it. Thank you for listening. How to manage your work day. There's a Latin phrase that says tempus fugit, means time flies. Before you know it, the day is over. Now, here's something I read about how to take control. Number one, morning power hours. Most of us are at our best in the morning when we're still fresh. So size these precious early hours to work on the most demanding tasks. Avoid distractions. Get as much as you can done before noon. Use the afternoon slump for easier jobs, phone calls, or planning. Number two, make the cut. The to-do list, a gateway to a gateway to efficiency or a productivity bottleneck. Lists are great for a bird's eye overview, but things quickly get ineffective when you end up with a notebook full of jobs that you need done urgently so chop your list in half before you set to work aim for three or four key tasks number three inbox detox nothing can ruin a well-planned schedule like a burst of unexpected emails allocate set time slots per day by dealing with your inbox only email people who really need to be involved 
And if you are if you are typing verse paragraphs, pick up the phone. Number four, get organized. Desk covered with piles of paper, missing that important invoice. Time spent looking for things is time lost. So get organized, archive emails as they come in and file documents properly. Clear your desk at the end of the day. A simple idea, but it works. Enjoy. self-confidence to yourself never never run yourself down never express yourself as being inferior for if you do you will believe what you say and your belief makes it so carefully watch both your public and inner speech forbid your tongue to slip one over on you with phrases like I am not as capable as others and my best is not good enough and I'll probably blunder. Instead, express opposite phrases that charge you with confidence and your belief in confidence makes it so. Get down to business right now by resolving to speak only in a positive, constructive cheerful confident manner and don't forget this always includes speaking to yourself regardless of what happens or who you meet talk in a manner that represents your highest ideals as often as possible drop in optimistic and hopeful remarks affirmations use affirmations to build up your life into any pattern you wish affirmations are simple statements of truth or what you wish to be true they cost you nothing but thought and persistence and they bring rich rewards take an affirmation try one of these I am a fine strong human being I am in control of my life and every good thing is mine for for the taking my mind is filled with constructive courageous and hopeful thoughts I think them constantly and I become the basis and they become the basis of my life write this affirmation down write it several times Think about it and about its meaning. Fill it with as complete a content content as you can. Visualize the things you are affirming as actually present in your life now. Feel what you have visualized. That is to say, be deeply interested in it from every possible angle. Really care that it should be so. Be persistent. Allow no fear or anything negative to deflect you from your cause. 
do not bother about results they will care they will take care of themselves <laughs>